That is Letambulu with Normalizo. As I said in studio today, one of the things we're going to be discussing is basically our our attitudes towards people who are differently abled. In studio, I have Dan Kekana, who is the director of the Self-Help Association of Paraplegics, as well as the provincial chairperson of the Disabled People South Africa. Also in studio, I've got Lloyd Bapedi, who is the founder of the NPO Box Foundation, as well as of Box World. Gentlemen, thank you very much for taking taking the time to come and chat to us today. I really appreciate you taking, you know, giving us the opportunity to chat to you about something that's very, very important and I think a lot of people actually take for granted. Sure. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I'd like to start with you, Mr. Kekana, uh, as the director of the Self-Help Association of Paraplegics and as well as the provincial chairperson of the Disabled People South Africa. Uh, you know, we asked the question, how do people perceive individuals who are differently abled? As somebody who lives with uh, you know, different abilities, um, how would you say people perceive you on a daily day to day basis? What is your experience, your lived experience been? Uh, uh, experiences are quite different. Each and every day comes with its own different uh, experiences. And mm-hmm. uh, each and every person that you would meet would uh, pose a different challenge or a different uh, 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 experience so to speak so each and every day it's like a new day just teaching you something new about yourself which is uh, yourself that you think you know yeah and you'd find somebody else referring or talking to you and giving you this perspective that you never thought you you knew about yourself so it is a continuous kind of a you know, experiences that you cannot be sure of. What are some of the perceptions that you come across that people have towards people who are differently abled? (coughs) Well, (coughs) there are many, many perceptions that are different, but mostly they are quite, uh, 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 for lack of a better word, quite in a derogatory way Mm -hmm. or quite in a low kind of, uh, 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 you know, uh, judgment. As people, people are quite judgmental out there. Yes. So once they see a person uh, with a disability, by the way, to them, it's an individual who is incomplete. Yes. Uh, incomplete the, to the to the core and to the extent that they would even think that even your mind is incomplete. In each and everything that you would do, they would want even to finish your statement sometimes. I don't know whether they think that you are not capable of finishing the statement mm-hmm. or sometimes you are not capable of finishing whatever that you have started, but it's different ways and people come up with different uh, attitudes and different uh, experiences. experiences. But with, 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 with our experience or with my experience in the disability sector and having spent my, uh, most of my time with different uh, kinds of people, <coughs> it has come to my experience that each and every individual out there has got a different attitude towards a person with a disability. Firstly, it's a person with a disability to correct you from there mm-hmm. on that one. Uh, That's that what I wanted to ask you because, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't know, should they say, is it somebody with a disability, somebody who's differently abled, somebody, uh, you know, what, what do you say, living with disabilities? What is, <coughs> the, what is the correct terminology? In, in, that in, actual, in actual fact, we are all, all differently abled. Yes. All of us are differently yeah. abled. So if you're saying differently abled, then you're not referring to people with disabilities. Okay. And uh, if you are saying, uh, well, they've got a lot of ways, you know. People what are is, even what practicing, is your preference, though? People are even practicing their, 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 their English uh, <laughs> aerobics with us. 
<laughs> English verbal aerobics with us. Working the part, out the time. <clears throat> yeah, but the, pot, the bottom line is that uh, we are uh, people with disabilities. disabilities. First, we are human beings. We are people. Mm-hmm. Then the disability would come after. Afterwards, okay. And uh, that is how we are referred to, or you can say disabled people. Okay. And uh, that is how we are referred to, and that is how internationally we have accepted to be referred to, and that is enshrined in our in the UNCRPD, that is a UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. That is why you'd find there is DPI, which is Disabled People International, which we are affiliated to as DPSA, you know. Uh, Lloyd, I'd like to bring you in on this because as a, as an NBO, uh, NPO, sorry, you do a lot of work um, in the fundraising you know, arena, looking at things like donating wheelchairs, crutches, all that sort of stuff. Do you find it very difficult <coughs> for, for, uh, to raise funds for, for people with disabilities because people have a negative perception or, or do you find that it's actually quite an, in, 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 an easy exercise to do? Well, I'd say I find it difficult. Um, or it's it's not mainly because people are negative, but it's more based on if you're not directly affected by a certain situation, you wouldn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. So most people, to them, like uh, a simple thing as a wheelchair, to them they would think it's it's uh, a person would be able to survive if their wheelchair is broken or if they don't have proper crutches. Yes. But not understanding that a person with a disability, if you don't have a proper working wheelchair or crutches, you can't even go for a job interview. So already your mobilization has been compromised in that factor. So within my fundraisings and my campaigns, I make it a point that I educate communities and individuals as well to understand that there are more challenges than the assistive devices that we actually give out to people with disabilities. Mr. Kakana, how important is that education? Because a lot of times, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And do you think that we're doing enough as a government and as a people to gain that, that information? I think our government, uh, to be honest with you, has done a lot. Mm-hmm. The government is doing a lot to still cry and say, government, government, we are just wasting time. The most important part that needs to be uh, changed is people's mindset, okay. individuals out there. It's people who have certain attitudes or certain beliefs towards people with disabilities. And uh, some are keeping stuck. For an example, I'll make you an example of a person who is probably maybe employed at HR, is a senior manager at HR and is about to hire people and is got uh, adverts out there and people are coming in for interviews to come and interv- get interviews for job. Yes. A and that person has got has got a negative perception or, or is not educated with regards to... Yes, yes. if he's not educated with yeah. regards to disabilities, he would then look at a person with a disability or a person coming on a wheelchair and that's the first thing that's going to click in that person's mind is that this man is going to be a liability because firstly, he would need ablution facilities that yes. are larger or, you know, uh, you Access. become a liability. Having ramps, exactly, and having a lifts, all those sort of things. Already, as a disabled person, you are compromised. That is a, a, such an interesting perspective because a lot of times, you know, and and I say this with a lot of respect, but people often, and this is my pet gripe, things like parking in you know disabled bays, people don't seem to realize the effect, the knock-on effect it has on somebody who has a disability. So, like you're saying, it's it's that education and that mindset that needs to change. But how do we effectively do that? What should be done in order to change people's perceptions? <coughs> I think we need to educate and educate and educate until we educate and still continue educating. Because if we don't do that, then uh, people are not going to come up 
to come around. Yeah. But we also need to make sure that in educating, we do try to put some punitive measures in place that are going to jerk people into getting back to reality and understanding that people with disabilities are human beings as well. And if a parking is reserved for a person with a disability, by the way, they are not disabled parking. Eh? It's uh, uh, disabled Dis- people's parking. parking. Yes. Disabled people's parking. Yes. Yes. Because the parking itself is not, it's not disabled. disabled. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, uh, people have to bring themselves around to understand the fact that that thing was put there for a purpose. For a reason. Yes. Not to come and satisfy him when he's in a hurry to come and do something quick, quick. Because as a disabled person, then which means I have to wait for you and who said you are more important than me? I want to come back to that power um, struggle and the imbalances with regards to power. Mm. And we're going to chat about that just after the break. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. Welcome back to Lifetime Live. It's just gone 21 minutes after one. We are in conversation with Dan Kakana, who is the director of the Self-Help Association of Paraplegics, as well as the provincial chairperson of the Disabled People South Africa. And we've also got Lloyd Bapedi, who is the founder of the NPO Box Foundation, as well as of Box World. We are asking you to join in on the conversation. We're asking you, how do people perceive and treat individuals with disabilities? Uh, I've got an SMS that came through. It says, I had a handicapped child, and you have to treat them at their level and don't expect them to rise to your level. They are so pure in their thoughts and need a lot of love. My daughter was socially acceptable as she was very well-mannered. People looked beyond her disability because of this. Every lo- Everybody loved Heidi and she loved them. Now, I, I understand reading from that SMS, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of well-meaning uh, that comes through that. But it does speak to a lot of power differentials you know that people needed to accept her and she needed to rise you, you can't expect the person to rise to other people's levels do you find that they looking you know society often judges individuals and you have more power we look at a, a patriarchal society where men are often perceived to have more power than women is it the same sort of power inequality and and, and, and disproportions when we look at people with disabilities definitely uh, I, I would like to be to be to be the devil's advocate here yes. and tell you that each and every person who who thinks because that's 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 what they think in any way mm-hmm. who thinks that they are not disabled disabled look down in one way or another on a disabled person yeah and unpack that for me Lloyd unpack um, what, what and I and I I saw you nodding in agreement <laughs> there as Mr Kakano was speaking uh, unpack that for me so that I understand what you're saying. Okay, um, firstly, um, what uh, people do not realize, especially when it comes to the stigmatization, mm-hmm. um, uh, we are all born with a mind. Yes. But now the mindset is what sets us all apart and which is what creates the stigmatization and the way people look down on people with disabilities. Because now automatically if you're, let me say, able-bodied, you would be expecting me to do things at your pace or the way you do it. Mm-hmm. Not considering that, although I have a disability, I can do what you're doing, but I'm doing it differently. In your way? Yeah, in my way, you see. Although Mr. Kakane uses a wheelchair, I use crutches. Mm-hmm. For us, it's still walking. Yes. We're just using it a different way. Yeah. So a person would not look at that as, yes, that person is walking or, or, or that. But we're still doing exactly what you're doing. We're moving from point A to point B, just using a different method. So the main thing that we are trying to fight and open up is that do not look at 
how I look, mm-hmm. but focus more on the abilities. On what you can do. On what I can do, yes. And not necessarily look at how you do it either. Yes. Because, I, and, and I want to I wanna make a, a, you know, an, an example. A, a, lot of, is, is a lot of times people say people learn differently. You know, you can be visual, you can be kinesthetic, you auditory, and they understand that people learn differently. So why can they not understand that people do differently? That is why I'm saying it's a mindset. It is mindset. It's what you have put in your mind to think about the next person. You see, in the sector, we have this uh, special statement that says, uh, 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 my condition is not a disability. My condition mm. is not a disability, but just an impairment. Yes. But disability is what the society administers on me. That's very, very profound. Let's listen to one of our voice notes that has come in. Good afternoon. Herbert from Limpopo. Um, to disagree with the gentleman from DPSA, when he says government is doing much, he's doing much for them as paraplegic people. For us, as a blind person, government is doing very little for me. So that's the problem, that there are different experiences for the different types of disabilities. So DPSA, for me, I do have an issue with it already. So the conversation should be broader as to the experiences of blind people, the experiences of death, uh, death people and such. So I would, I, would, I would disagree very much because some of us, even though people are qualified, the thing you will get from government is a learnership. Interesting point there, um, Mr. Kekana, that the gentleman is bringing that. Maybe are we, are we looking at this too broadly? Are we saying that people you know, <coughs> who are visually impaired have a different experience to somebody who's paraplegic when it comes to government resources? Well, I, 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 I do share his sentiments. I understand very well where he comes from and why he is saying what he is saying. Because in honesty... Uh, he is talking from a perspective of a person who is visually impaired. Mm-hmm. And I was saying this, as that I said, from a perspective of a person who is looking and uh, who is working within the disability sector, mm-hmm. but with a cross-disability kind of an experience. Okay. Now, the government, when they do, legislatively speaking, when like, let's take, for example, uh, 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 the, pre- uh, the Reasonable Accommodation Act. Act. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Reasonable Accommodation Act, it doesn't separate blind people or it doesn't separate whether you are visually impaired or you're paraplegic or quadriplegic or it just talks about reasonable accommodation. Mm -hmm. From that perspective, that's what I say, the government has done much. Now, the challenge becomes people who are gatekeepers, the people who are at HR, who are hiring the staff that's going to work in there. Then they would start separating kinds of disabilities. They would then hire paraplegic people because for a paraplegic person, it's easier to erect a, a an ablution, for a toilet that is going to be easily used by that person. But hiring a person who is visually impaired becomes a bit more expensive because that person, you have to provide braille, you have to provide... Uh, uh, when that person is using a computer, you have to apply, uh, provide JAWS and all mm. those assistive devices, and it becomes expensive. Then, in that fashion, the person who is a problem in that equation is the HR people. 
okay. but not the government on that on that on that line. So, looking at the legislative pieces and how the government has put the laws in place. I mean, only the laws that f- speaks to disabled, disabled people. Disabled people in general. In general, yeah. yes. They they don't discriminate and they don't, you know, uh, choose uh, another disability over the other. Even though the government still has a lot to do, I agree that the government still has a lot to do. We still have a long way to go in South Africa because there is a lot that we still don't have. But what they have done up to so far, uh, it does accommodate I think that it comes down to the age-old problem that we have, not just in our country, but worldwide. You can write a law, you know, you can write the best constitution. Implementation is where the challenge comes in. Because things are written in paper in a certain spirit, but when it comes to the people who have to live it out, they don't always live according to the spirit that that was written on the paper. So that comes back to the, the education, though, because that people need to understand that their actions have a knock-on effect. Because sometimes a lot of people just think in their little silos. They don't realize what it actually means from a broader perspective. I, I'd like us, um, just after the news headlines now at half past one, just to wrap up and, and speak about something that I think is, is close to a lot of people's hearts because we don't only have this problem when it comes to persons with disabilities, but also in, in general, our healthcare system as well as our education system. Those seem to be quite two big challenges um, from a countrywide perspective when it comes to people with disabilities uh, as well as just you know the country in general. So I want us to chat about looking at it. Um, what are some of the challenges that we have on a daily basis and what are some of the easy wins that we could possibly put in place to make things better? But that's just after the news headlines because it's just gone half past one. Here's Greg Khos. Lizette Khan on SAFM. Thank you very much, Greg Host, bringing us up to date with all the news um, at half past one. Uh, in studio, I have um, uh, Dan Kakana, who is the director of the Self-Help Association of Paraplegics, as well as the chairperson or provincial chairperson of the Disabled People South Africa. I've also got Lloyd Bapedi, who is the founder of the NPO Box Foundation. Before we went to the news headlines, uh, one of the things I wanted to chat about was again was about the education system for um, people with disabilities and and do they think that there is enough or is there a lot of work that still needs to be done in this area? Um, On my side, I would think there is uh, a lot of work that needs to be done as um, what I also do part of the NPO is that we we go out to schools, um, especially able-bodied schools, Mm -hmm. to teach the students about disability. The reason for that is because we've realized that in subjects like life orientation, Mm -hmm. they would teach the kids about uh, issues of life, about HIV, AIDS, but there is no section that teaches them about disability as such. So already in the education syllabus, by excluding that part of teaching kids about disability, Mm -hmm. already you're starting to set that thought of stigmatization because they do not understand. Of difference. Yes. Yes. So that is uh, one thing that needs to be clearly looked into when it comes to the education part. Um, uh, Mr. Kakana, uh, talking about the, you know, educating students uh, with regards to, uh, you know, people with disabilities is one thing. But then we also have an education system where we don't necessarily have enough teachers who can teach children with disabilities. Uh, How are we addressing those sort of issues? That's a very, very serious challenge because if you talk about teachers, teachers is another element, a minor element. Uh, what about the infrastructure, the yes, schools the themselves? themselves. It, it's so appalling. I can tell you that in Gauteng, for the past 20 years, only one school 
one school that I know of that has been built recently opened. I think a few few three months ago yeah. that has been built. That uh, it's a it, it's a very beautiful school, a high tech school mm. for uh, uh, children with disabilities. But only one in the past twenty years. Now tell me, wow. what can you say about the uh, accessibility of education for children with disabilities? It's a problem. Yeah. Over and above all, teachers in the mainstream schools, how many have been familiarized, how many have been conscientized, sensitized about disability? The government is doing nothing on that one, especially with regards to sensitizing the very same teachers in mainstream schools, whereas they are allowing uh, children with disabilities, those that can, to go into mainstream schools. That is inclusive education on, yes. white, on White Paper 6. That's what White Paper 6 on inclusive education says. It is on paper, it is good, they are accepted, they are allowed to go to those schools, but have the groundwork been properly prepared for those students in those schools? It is not, I can tell you. Now, what else, again, that we need to do as disabled people? We also need to make sure that we take it upon ourselves to educate people about ourselves, open up and stop staying in those corners and not open up and having conversations with other people yeah. and uh, keeping ourselves apart. After all, these lives that we live is ours. You don't owe anybody. If we can all be able to take pride in who we are and take pride in who you are regardless of what the next person says, then that can put you in a better space for you to be able to navigate your way forward and for you again, to be able to fight for your rights because it looks like being disabled. It's a continuous fight that we have to face in making sure that you get your rights respected because the community out there doesn't really respect our rights and they don't take us to us. Starting from the government, they don't. Uh, I'd like to ask the same question regarding healthcare. Um, is there enough being done when it comes to infrastructure, education and training of the general resources in in order to, uh, I, I mean, I think of, of children with cerebral palsy, you know, who, who have Down syndrome. Um, are, is there enough that's being done? No, it's not enough. Whatever that is being done is done here and there, mm -hmm. just when there is a serious case. But mm -hmm. honestly, full and comprehensive preparations that would make those uh, children's lives easier, it's not there. The other, other sad part is that HIV and AIDS is a, it's a, it's a problem that has been there in the country for years now. Yes. But us in the disability sector, believe you me, there is no baseline study on disability and uh, HIV. HIV and AIDS prevalence. Yes, I'm There's telling no you. There's no baseline study. States mm. South Africa cannot even give you stats on that one. So now you ask yourself a question. What has the government been doing towards combating the stigma of HIV and AIDS within the disability sector? Seems like there's a lot of work that can be a done. A lot. The, uh, d honestly, it seems like there's. It, it looks bleak, kind of like the grey weather outside. So, w what do we do? Where do we start? How can we, me, everybody that's sitting around the table, where do we start to make changes? The National Development Plan has a portion that speaks about disability integration. Firstly, mm -hmm. that's where we start, integrating disability. Being able to look at a person with a disability and look at that person and see a person, not half a person. Okay. True. That's the starting point. And making sure, us as disabled people as well, playing our part in making sure that we educate the next people about ourselves and we make sure that other people also. I'd refer to uh, non-disabled as others, <laughs> others. Because that's how it is in South Africa in any way, even though it is wrong. But it is also our duty to make sure that we take the nation with us and the nation takes us along. Because this separation that has been in existence for far too long has really created barriers mm. and even barriers of communication among ourselves. So it's a problem.
Thank you very much. Um, that was Dan Kakana, who is the director of the Self-Help Association of Paraplegics, as well as provincial chairperson of the Disabled People of South Africa. Also in studio was Lloyd Bapedi, who is the founder of the MPO Box Foundation. Very, very grave discussion that we had with regard to people with disabilities and a lot of work that still needs to be done. But if we work together, I'm sure that we will be able to overcome.